Hey there, welcome to the Living Fear Free Podcast. I'm your host, Dee Price, and I thank you for listening today. So this is episode 19 of 30. There is so much in Psalm 91, it would take longer than we have to exhaust all of the revelation that God has placed in this Psalm of Protection. And truthfully, I don't have all the revelation that God's placed in this Psalm of Protection. But we're going to talk some more about that today. The heading in my Bible says, Safety and Abiding in the Presence of God. And it starts off, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. That word dwell means to sit down. It means to remain. It means to stay, to dwell, to have one's abode, the place where you live. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. The secret place. Secret is a hiding place. It's a shelter. It's a covering. You're dwelling there in secrecy. No one knows you're there. And it's the secret place of the Most High, which means there is no one higher. There is no one higher. The writer whom they say is Moses says that when we dwell there, we shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Almighty means there's no one mightier. So there's no one higher than God. There's no one mightier. And we are dwelling there. When I think about the secret place of the Most High, I get a picture of the Ark of the Covenant. We abide under the shadow of Almighty God. The Ark of the Covenant is not that thing pictured in the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark. The Ark of the Covenant is something that the Israelites carried with them. It is made of acacia wood. Acacia wood is considered indestructible. It lasts forever. So God told Moses to make the ark out of indestructible wood and then cover it totally with gold. And on top of the ark of the covenant are two cherubim. One is on one side, one is on the other side, and they have their wings extended and the wings are touching each other. And in the picture that I'm looking at, there's a shadow underneath it, the way they took the picture. Cherubim are angelic beings. They were the ones put in front of the tree of life with a flaming sword to guard it after Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God knew that man eating from the tree of life at that time would have been disastrous. So how do we dwell there? How do we get there? By the words of our mouth, by what we speak. It's the same way God created the heavens and the earth. He spoke them into existence. Scripture says that you and I were created in his image and according to his likeness. This means that we've been given the same ability to speak our lives into existence. That's why speaking words of fear is not good because we are creative beings and we are creating our world. We are creating our life. Instead, we need to speak what God has said. So we speak verse two. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress my God, and him will I trust. A refuge, as we said before, is a place where you're safe or sheltered from pursuit, danger, or trouble. A fortress is defined as a military stronghold, like a strongly fortified town fit for a large garrison. A place where you are not susceptible to outside influence or disturbance. So when you say of the Lord that he is your refuge and fortress, My God, in him I will trust. You're saying that the Most High, Almighty God, 
is big enough and he is a big enough God to protect you from whatever may come your way. That one act alone causes the one talking, which I believe is Jesus, because immediately after you speak your faith, scripture reads, surely, like you can take this to the bank. There's no doubt about this. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. The snare of the fowler, a snare is a trap. It's defined as an instrument for catching animals. Anything by which one is entangled and brought into trouble. That's a snare. A snare is a trap that brings you into trouble. Fowler is a sportsman who pursues wild fowl and takes them and kills them for food. Since Jesus said in John 10, 10 that the thief, speaking of Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy, I think it's safe to say that this is talking about traps set to ensnare God's people to steal from them, to kill them, or destroy them. But this says that surely, surely he shall deliver you. And as I've said before, this was written before Jesus came, before he was crucified and raised from the dead, meaning you and I have already been delivered. Our job is to release our faith in the fact that he's already delivered us. He's already made a way of escape. We're already in the secret place of the Most High because we're in Jesus. He delivers us from perilous pestilence. And we've spoke about the fact that we've been delivered from perilous pestilence in a previous podcast, and we've spoken about it in depth. We've been delivered. We've been delivered from all sorts of diseases. I think I mentioned something about a flesh-eating disease or something like that that's going around now. See, I don't watch the news, so I don't feed myself with all the doom and gloom that they've got out there. It's not that I don't know what's going on, but when God has things that I need to know, he lets me know. So again, get a picture of the Ark of the Covenant. Those wings are spread out and touching each other over the mercy seat of the Ark. Psalm 23 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. The goodness of God and the mercy of God follows you. It pursues you all the days of your life. Another word for mercy is grace. We're talking about the grace of God. Webster's 1828 Dictionary describes it as the benevolence, mildness, or tenderness of heart which disposes a person to overlook injuries or to treat an offender better than he deserves. The disposition that tempers justice and induces an injured person to forgive trespass and injuries or inflict less than law or justice will warrant. In this sense, there is perhaps no word in our language precisely synonymous with mercy. That which comes nearest to it is grace. It implies benevolence, tenderness, mildness, pity or compassion, and clemency, but exercised only towards offenders. Mercy is a distinguishing attribute of the supreme being. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. God's truth is your shield and buckler. Again, the shield this speaks of is big enough to put in the ground in front of you and hide behind it, And the buckler is a small shield worn on the arm to deflect arrows or things being thrown at one as they advance. Jesus refers to God as our Father. And just as you would not send your children into a place without protection, our Father did not place us here on earth to be terrified of the havoc Satan is bringing on the earth. He put us here to dominate. He put us here to exercise the authority he's given us over him. Google Ark of the Covenant and get an image of exactly what that looks like. Even if you've seen it before, get that image in your imagination and meditate on it. 
You are Abraham's seed if you've received Christ, and therefore you are on the mercy seat, abiding under the shadow of the Almighty God. Verse 1 in the Amplified Bible reads like this, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. See yourself stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe, no enemy can withstand. He is Almighty God, and He has sworn to protect you. But you have to see Him protecting you. You have to get a picture of that in your mind. In the next podcast, we'll go a little bit more into this psalm of protection. Until then, this is Dee Price reminding you that you have a right to live fear-free. It's your choice. Have a great day.